Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast i'm danny sheriff your host certified fertility awareness practitioner functional nutrition counselor and founder of the ha society and of course an ha recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. Hallo, hier ist Theresa und du hörst den Hypothalamische Amenorrhoe Podcast. This is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Okay, welcome everybody to the Oof. HA Podcast. <laughs> I am joined here by Theresa. She's from Germany um, and she worked with Ashley. So I'm kind of really, while we've met in community calls in the HA Society and everything, I'm with you guys here kind of hearing her story from 
the beginning for the first time. So I'm just kind of excited to dive right in, honestly, and find out what what this story is and then just like ask you all kinds of questions. So would you do me a favor and kind of tell people a little bit about you, your beginnings and kind of where you think your story begins? And welcome and thank you yeah. for being here. <laughs> I'm very grateful to be here. Um, I reflected on that question today and I was like, this is so difficult to answer, like where it truly began. Because for me, I think it really like, like the whole, like it's so multifactorial, right? There's not one beginning where it all started. And I think for me, it really started actually with like birth because I feel like I'm, so I'm exploring in trauma therapy right now, like the, the roots of a lot of problems that I'm facing in my life. And I'm working as a trauma therapist or I'm training in somatic experiencing, which is a somatic therapy. Um, and I think when I was born, there might've been something that was very like overwhelming for me and it left like some traces. And after that, I was left with that feeling of having to hold myself together. And that showed up in a lot of physical symptoms already as an infant. And I think then I was raised in a family system that also didn't feel safe to me. So that feeling of I have to keep myself together was reinforced. So I feel like my whole identity was around kind of trying to pull myself together, keeping it all together. Um, and I was doing lots of sports. I think my sympathetic nervous system was highly activated throughout my whole childhood. I wasn't able to sleep or sit still or relax. I was constantly moving. Um, and I think my whole identity was, yeah, around being active, sportive, focused, disciplined. I felt kind of like this fighter, you know, this fight and flight mode became my identity. Mm. So I, don't, I didn't know anything beyond like beside that. And just feeling relaxed and calm wasn't really something that I've experienced. And I think that might have also been the reason why my puberty onset was so late. So I was like three years behind with everything. So I only got my first period by the age of 16 and a half, which is really late, right? Um, and then I think the most important factor that really influenced me was my um, dancing career. So I was in normal high school, but then decided to pursue a kind of semi-professional dance career and changed high schools to do dance as an A-level subject. Um, and then I was training every day and my whole world was dancing and my whole, like my friends were all dancers. And it was on the one hand, a really wonderful time. We were very close, we were very connected, but it was also highly competitive. And I think the dance teachers had a huge influence on me in that time of being 15, 16, 17, um, because they were really messing with our minds, right? People that were in larger bodies were just ignored or like kind of bullied. Most of my dance, dance teachers had eating disorders and they were kind of saying, oh, you're not allowed to eat fries. If we see you with fries, you're being punished. Then one teacher was saying, oh, like if you don't eat, you don't have your period. This is super cool. You basically can control your body. You know, it's like if you're growing up in that environment, like you just feel like, okay, this is it. This is like what mm -hmm. you orient towards. Um, and at that point, I wasn't really struggling with an eating disorder. 
but then my best friend who I've lived with at that point uh, started yeah developing an eating disorder and because I was so competitive I was like oh if she does if she doesn't eat I can't eat right because we were right. kind of like competing in all areas of our lives and I was feeling like if I'm eating while she's not eating that means I'm weak in some way right so that is the reason how my eating disorder actually started um that I was always so focused on what people around me were doing and trying to find some orientation what was good or bad I wasn't listening to my own body at all and I think my childhood my my yeah the experiences I've made in my childhood plus the experience as a dancer where constantly being told ignore any like anything your body tells you basically right you have blisters and your feet are bleeding and you're being told to go on point shoes and dance oh, for an hour you know you're being sick you have fever and they just give you painkillers to continue with training and you're you basically cut off some part of your body and it's becoming like it's it's being appreciated if you're being hard on yourself and that has worth and value and I think that definitely influenced me a lot so that was the one side but the other side then was when I um so that like when my my best friend developed the eating disorder was just at the end of high school and then we all my whole dance class we went into different uh, cities to study dance and I actually went to Frankfurt and my best friend to Rotterdam. So we were apart from each other. Mm -hmm. um, but I somehow like kept that pattern with me. And I think was what happened then was what really was the onset of my like, kind of like more severe, um, like dysfunctional eating behavior was that I was in Frankfurt and suddenly I felt so lost and alone. And so I was, I actually think I was pretty depressed. Um, I was away from my family, from my friends. And I think I was feeling so lonely and that, that feeling that I had from childhood where I didn't feel like I have a lot of inner core or substance to me. It's very difficult to, to verbalize that. But I basically mm. feel there's just like, I don't know, there's just nothingness inside of me and I needed to hold on to something, right? That's how I started with, with like this feeling I need to hold on to something and that became kind of like structuring my my eating and then I just ate less than, I've, than my body required and training 10 hours a day um, and not eating is not a good combination. So yeah, I lost a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Um, and I changed schools and my mom was saying, I'm going to take you from like dance school. You're not allowed to continue dancing. Um, and I felt very misunderstood because I was suffering. I wasn't understanding myself, like what was going on. So I felt really lost, right? Like I just didn't know what was happening. And I, it seemed like that was the only reason, uh, the only um, strategy I could come up with to somehow feel like I have some control and like I, I, have something to hold on to and I somehow managed to get out of it at least the extreme phase but I mean the disordered eating kept like like I kept it with me for 10 years so 
to give some more details on my period, I had my period with 16 and a half where I was already dancing quite mm. a lot. And then I had it for maybe like, like, I don't know, a year, like irregularly. And then I got onto the pill. And while I was heading towards that more severe eating disorder, losing a lot of weight, um, I had the pill. I didn't know what was happening. And then at some point with, I think then I was 19, I decided to stop dancing and pursue a different path. Um, and I was like, okay, I have a new outlook. I think I want to heal myself in order to heal others. That was kind of like a moment where my whole life changed. And that mm. became like kind of my, my yeah my guide and I stopped dancing and instead I went to Thailand and did meditation retreats and, and so on but I in that time I stopped taking the pill um and because I was like maybe I'm depressed because of the pill right <laughs> or I'm feeling so low energy and not like myself like a shadow of myself really and I stopped taking the pill and my period didn't come back and I was like hmm okay so I waited six months and I was like okay can take some time but then what happened was that my hair was falling out and I got acne and I was feeling miserable and I really was so overwhelmed because that was again triggering this feeling like I'm falling apart right it was like my hair is falling out it was really difficult yeah. to, to to deal with and then I found a gynecologist who said cool not cool but like I I have an idea why don't you take bioidentical hormones mm. and this will stabilize you for some time and then we make sure that your body feels safe enough to have a period or like to get a menstrual cycle again mm. but then that became the crutches and i just continued walking with them for like eight years May and i, I ask, had um yeah. So interestingly, the bioidentical stuff is, has been only common, something I'm hearing about really commonly more recently. So that's interesting. Yeah. You did that a while ago. Were you doing like two weeks estrogen, two weeks progesterone? Like what did that look like? No, I think I did. Um, I started with, I think, 20, 21 days estrogen and the last 12 days progesterone and then a break of seven days where I did have a bleed, a withdrawal bleed. So okay. I had, I did it that way. And then I tried to reduce it, but my and symptoms. And you were never on birth control. I was only on birth control between the age of 17 and 19. So at, at this time of taking the bioidentical, that's the only yeah. medication you were taking hormone-wise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just always curious, like what concoctions people are working with. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but but then I was basically taking bioidentical hormones for eight years. Yeah. And I was trying to stop, but then the symptoms would reoccur and I was I couldn't deal with it. And then I went back on it. And that kind of yeah, went on for eight years. And I was feeling like I'm fine, like I don't have an eating disorder anymore because I didn't struggle with eating that much, but I was just like, yeah, had a lower BMI and was just feeling fit you know and I don't know I was feeling good in my body yeah. um and then well I was not feeling great in my body to be honest like I think that you're feeling only... great about what it looked like on the outside <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but the thing is because I was always like I was a child and then I was dancing and then then I don't know I, I I'd never had a time where 
I didn't have a skinny fit looking body right so like that was all I knew like as to how I, how I, how I can look and I thought that is just me and I didn't consider that maybe I would have looked differently if my body would have been in different conditions right or mm. I would have given it the food that my body requires um yeah and then I had a lot of symptoms all along the way though like for example Raynaud syndrome like I love my, mm. my partner from South Africa and we spent a lot of time in Cape Town during COVID and I just love surfing but I couldn't because my blood flow was so bad and like my hands like my fingers would get completely white and my toes and like I was yeah there this were a lot a of things symptom to touch on it actually comes up a yeah. lot of course you know in um in the form of someone being like yeah I have Raynaud's or just saying I have very poor circulation um, yeah, so for anyone so wondering, it's pretty much what it is, right? Right. Yeah. Reynolds syndrome is like poor circulation. And something that I think I've picked up on for people, I, I don't know how true this is, um, but my impression of this has been like, oh, you just have this. And that's why that happens. So exactly don't worry that. about it. And I'm like, no, you have that. That's like a symptom, not a syndrome, in my personal yeah. opinion. And so yeah. saying it's a syndrome is like giving people permission to just be like, well, that's just me. When it I have I have never seen it not resolve yeah. in someone once they get fully recovered or at least improve significantly. So yeah. just for anyone out there. Let me tell you already, it did oh. improve. Yeah, okay, I didn't, there you go. <laughs> you know, so I'm like fascinated, really. Mm. Um and I think there was also a part, like a point where I was feeling so weak. So I also must say I was vegan for a long time. So between the age of 19 and 24, kind of, I was mainly vegan. Um, and my body was just so weak. Like I would, I would try to get up from bed and I just felt like, and then I did all the checkups and I constantly had like, iron deficiency vitamin b12 deficiency like i've had all kinds of deficiencies and while we were in cape town um my boyfriend was like Teresa, i think you need to change something why don't you start eating some bultong which is like the dried meat mm -hmm. uh, from south africa and let's get a fish from the harbor i think you need to like increase your protein intake <laughs> at that point i was like ah, like i don't think it's the protein <laughs> and now, like after the coach i was like Amy was right <laughs> That's but um, yeah so actually that from that point it still took me like one and a half years and I and I'd never gotten a, a diagnosis right I mm. didn't have a period for 10 years no one ever told me it's hypothalamic amenorrhea um, and then when I was surfing in beards actually I found your podcast and I listened to it actually on my way back to Germany and I listened to an episode and I was like shit this is me and I was, was it crying. like a, I was another saying, person's story I'm not sure I think mm, it was just yeah. like I just remember you talking and maybe your story or someone else's story I, I'm not sure but mm. I just realized yeah this is me and I think I need to gain weight and it was like there was like like a moment of like deep grief I think or like sad I was like I need I like I can't continue like this and something needs to change and that was really some like the start of the HA healing journey for me. Yeah. Wow. But then it's still a yeah. long time. <laughs> say a little, say a little more about the grief, right? 
like a yeah. brief, like, yeah. oh, I, I'm going to have, you know, I think a lot of us, maybe even that, even if there's just a part deep down inside of us that already has that intuition, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just like trying everything you can to stuff yeah. it down and be like, no, yeah. maybe I'll try this and I'll try that. And then you get to a point where like something happens or you fit tried everything or someone says something that connects or all of the above. And you're just like, oh, like this is what has to happen. And suddenly the world, it's like this whole, like this whole life you had where um, it flashes before your eyes of like constantly controlling your body. I am good if I do this. This is actually the goal. There is no excuses for not achieving the goal. If you don't, you know, if you do gain weight, you're a bad person, blah, blah, blah. All that like flashes into your mind and you it's almost like you've just been dumped in cold water and you're like, whoa, yeah. I'm awake to everything that just happened. And you had said something earlier of like, I, I forget the words you used, but like you were kind of like lacking a, a true like inner core of, of who you are yeah. and yourself. And it's, yeah. I feel like that's all intricately connected of like when <laughs> you're, you're grieving and you're realizing like this whole time you've been kind of in robot land. Like, let's be yeah. real that yeah. the, the true version of yourself has been missing a little bit or like stifled. And yeah. I have to imagine that the grief and that moment of realization is like a transition point into this 100%. next phase. 100%. And actually that grief, it kind of felt like something cracked open, you know? Mm. And yeah, that was really, I think it's the start of something like much from from a place much deeper like starting to reveal itself mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. and i think the grief i've had it, it it comes in waves it's still coming so for example maybe just to go back to to like the most recent moment of grief that i've had because i was in cape town again for holidays and and i did go back to how we lived basically most of the time when i was still in ha and we were just like surfing in the morning going on a hike playing beach volleyball and I was like oh cool I had like two cycles like let me just enjoy my holiday and you know go for it and yes I tried to eat before I went surfing try to eat something in the morning but just little because I was like it's so early like I don't have time (laughs) to eat right like I just want to go surfing the waves are so good um and and then I had no ovulation in the month and I came home and I was like, were you with Ashley at that point or had you done your own recovery at that point? I had, no, I had just finished my coaching with Ashley. Okay. So okay, I had okay. two cycles. So it was great because my, my, my period came back after three weeks of working with Ashley after 10 years, which was like <laughs> a miracle for me, really. And I had ovulated and the second cycle, like with a very short luteal phase, one of three and one of six days. So really it's not perfect yet. But then I was like, oh no, like I didn't ovulate at all this month. It was too much. And I realized I cannot go back to doing that much sport, not resting and trying to be the skinny version of myself. It's just like an equation that doesn't work. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna I, I can't go back like I yeah. will if I want to if I want to if I want to do sports as much as I like and I don't know do that for the next 
70 years, hopefully, I need to prioritize maintaining my weight, resting and fueling myself enough. But that means that I cannot look like I want to look right like before. And I just felt like it, it, it really felt like I need to let go of that old part and that that hope that I had maintained that after the coaching, I just, could just go back, you know, that, yes, I have my period back and now everything's fine. Great. And now I can go back to the old life that I've had and look the same. And I had this realization and it, it was this moment of grief was so deep that I was like, I really, it really felt like this old part of myself is dying. And I kind of really need to understand that this is over and I cannot go back. And even now I'm talking about it, it makes me feel sad. So these waves of sadness, they're still coming, but I feel like yeah. I have more space to just hold them compassionately. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like also a part of, it's kind of a part of being alive, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like sacrifice, can't have that, but like, you know, making choices for the, the making choices um more in the direction of making you happy instead of in the direction of like keeping you in everybody else's good graces and just oh like always asking yourself where is this desire coming from is it moving me towards what I want or do I need to sacrifice it or yeah. say no to it you know in in order to be happy and I think that like we'll always we will always experience that and like as well, anyone who's um, gotten cycles back before and lost them can probably um, relate to, you know, I my weight ebbs and flows quite a lot throughout the year. I mean, it's just like everyone in my life's birthday is like at the end or beginning of the year and since so is Christmas and so is Thanksgiving. So I always like gain weight at that time. Uh, by the end of the year, uh, I've lost weight because there's nothing going on in my life. And then um, it's back into that time frame, right? It's back into that like Christmas period. And now I'm all about like, I understand the ebb and flow. So I don't, I don't really like panic at weight gain because I know the pattern, right? I'm like, eh, you know, but also like, especially in the early days, you just, you're like, I mean, I had my period and I was able to like lose some weight and now I've gained weight again and I'm panicking again, even though I've been through this or like, I'm sad again, even though I've been through this or yeah. like, I just want to surf. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm super similar, but with pickleball, I just want to play pickleball. Like, I just want to get up in the morning and I just want to go yeah. and I ain't got no time for this breakfast nonsense. Right. But the more I do it, the next cycle, my cycle, my period is always lighter, right? My luteal phase is always a day or two shorter. Like mine yeah. is so easily affected. Right. And when I go on vacation or when I go through that Christmas time and I have just gained that weight and stuff like my cycle is always better. So it's you're yeah. always starting to connect these dots now of like, okay, well, when I have all this fun, things are less optimal. Like when I have all this, you know, sports fun and I kind of like put my my good behaviors that like help me get an optimal cycle when I put them on the back burner, this is what happens. And when I relax and have fun and eat and have joy and enjoy life things tend to get better and I've connected those dots and now they're not particularly emotional for me but yeah. once upon a time they were and it was constantly yeah. 
frustration and grieving. But now it's like, okay, fine. Like I'll just start eating more breakfast, right? I'll just do what I've learned has worked. I will fix the problem. But it takes a long time to get there. And you need to keep making mistakes to learn patterns and connect dots and to eventually feel less emotional and less grief about it because it's actually, you can fix it, you know, but we just panic. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Yeah. And I, and I think like, I really, I think I really needed this <laughs> to, to just realize or like to just, I don't know, motivate my, motivate myself to, to continue this journey. I think if my body wouldn't have responded that way, I might have actually went down that rabbit hole again of being like, cool, I'm going to work out. I'm going to become fit again. Like, as if that would make me really happy, you know, as if that would make me, I don't know, more worthy or more appreciated by others. Mm-hmm. And I think I really am on that path of finding that balance because I just really, truly love movement. I've been a dancer, like 
I love surfing. I love like outdoor sports, right? I just do it because I really enjoy moving my body. But I want to do that until I'm 90 years old. I want to be on my surfboard and I want to be able to surf. And I already had the, I already got the uh, diagnosis of osteopenia. So that was actually also the reason why I decided to go for the coaching because I was like, Wake up, I read something. That was the, the, the kind of second, like very crucial moment, which was a huge wake up call for me. And yeah, so I'm still on my journey, but I feel like my, sometimes I, I lose track of what my true goals are, but then I realign and I can feel in my body that I'm more aligned and connected to myself when I'm on that path. I love that. Yeah. It's so like you, you cannot just like fully heal from this in three weeks. <laughs> no, no. You can get longer. a period in three weeks, like <laughs> sure. But I mean, the rack, you got to go through the first year, the first couple of years, like you got to go through it. And it is so beautiful on the other side because it almost like releases you from having such high expectations. You're like, you know what? You just can't. Like you just can't do everything to the highest level. Something's got to give and you need to choose happiness. And like when you have those, I feel like it makes decision-making easier, right? Because now you start making decisions in line with like longevity, like you're saying, right? You want to surf till you're 90, right? Okay, well, what decisions are you going to make for longevity instead of, because like you're not going to surf till you're 90 starving yourself, end of story, right? Exactly. So now like it's clear cut for you. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the the challenges that that I'm facing is really, um, because I'm still like my mind is I'm like my mind is trying to my mind is still comparing so much right and also trying to understand what's right and wrong um, and if I'm surrounded by people that have that like idea that it's healthy to wake up do sports not eat have I don't know like sugar-free breakfast like after 12 like mm. it just like sucks me into it and I feel like oh no I need to compete with that and it's really difficult for me to be clear okay this is not like what I have chosen for my life and I want something else and just staying with you know what, what feels true to me um I think this is something yeah that is still sometimes very challenging for me and sometimes I just want to shake all these people and just tell them like, this is not healthy. <laughs> like, you're not healthy. This is why community is important, right? Even yeah. if it's just your partner being clued in, but having like, you know, you coming to the, the group calls and stuff and yeah, like remembering that it's not just you doing this and then everyone else out in the world is doing the opposite. 100%. And so you need to compete. It's like, no, me and my girls over here are taking this path. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. I've got backup. Yeah. But yeah. also it's just the reps, right? Like I think the more you see someone else do something and decide to do what's best for you, like that's great for them. Great for them that they're doing whatever they're doing, even though you kind of want to shake yeah. them. What the F ever, <laughs> Um, you know, the more you choose yourself, the easier it becomes, right? Because nothing bad yes. happens. Yeah. It's like kind yeah. of 
freeing. Yeah. And like what I've also reflected on was that I'm because my whole my really my whole identity was around being very sportive, being the fit one and being very disciplined, like being mm. like very disciplined in school, like in all parts of life in a way. Um now I'm like, oh, what will people think if they see me and I'm in a bigger body body, right? They will say, oh, she let herself go. And somehow that is something something that I'm still struggling with. That idea yeah, that sure. some people could think, oh, she's she kind of like, I don't know, is letting herself go, right? And I'm I'm still trying to understand why that is so important to me. I haven't um, figured it out yet. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I resonate with that too. Um, and the only the only thing that I can, you know, really say for absolutely everybody in for it is like, you know, from a very young age, it was associated with it like it was everything. You know, when when you're younger, your first breakup is the most painful of all of them right? Like it's just like so much rejection. Um, everything is just so much more intense when you're younger, which really just is so important for our long-term development, unfortunately. So when things happen, that is the most ingrained. That that thing is hardwired, right? So we see we we see the opinions of others. And I think a lot of people struggle with like, people you went to high school with who you have literally not seen in 20 years. And like, it just like the most unimportant people in your past ever. <laughs> but it's because it was such an important time for our development. And it's where we learned our, our comparison. And I bet you a lot of it too is like, how would the girls who I danced with when I was younger see me now? Because you hear women who are like, I'm a lifelong dancer. So my body is like, you know, super important to me, like all of that stuff. Um, and when, when people look at you and say, let go, you're going, you know, the fear is you're going to be rejected and you're going to be moved down the totem pole of importance and value. And I really, honest to gosh, just think, because it's totally logical, just think that um, as a human species, as an animal, acceptance is food safety hunger community and so just on a primal level we're like i would i will literally be banished yeah and i think for me it's not not only i think it's not only the fear of being rejected i don't even think that i have that so much it's really more i think that idea that i somehow have to stand out yeah, and for me best. that was always achievement like be the best really because that defines me and if I'm not standing out I will just go down in the crowd like no one will actually see me so I won't even be discovered as a being so then it becomes something that is very existential right mm -hmm. and then it's like who am I and like like it, it it's something that's very like difficult to describe with yeah. words if I'm not yeah. special, what am I, why am I here? Am I just a background character in everyone else's life? Like I've had yeah. those exact feelings. It's like, like I'm basically just a drop of water in this ocean, mm -hmm. but 
like what defines me like what is making me me like I, I need to be that wave you know in order to, yeah. to be something like and then like then it gets then it can get like so like deep then then it then I feel very disoriented and then I'm like yeah. but like <laughs> I mean well what's fucked up as women is, is just how many of us have felt like well if I can just be the hottest person in the room I'm 80% of the way there and then I just need to also be you know every, you know everything else on top and I think that's what's really sad right it's yeah. like so because yeah. I had that experience and, and I pursued everything with this with this belief of like when I uh, have the perfect body everything will come right? All the things that come to people who are special, right, will come. Mm. Uh, And that was not happening. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, it was just getting worse because I was like a moody cow that no one wanted to be friends with. Um, And when I made this switch, I was just like, I'm gonna let go of my body and I'm going to try and focus maybe on other things and other people. Right? Yeah. Well, I like, I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm getting that fulfillment. I feel like I'm getting that specialness. Like when I get a message from someone that's like, your podcast was helpful. Mm. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. Cause no one was saying thank you to me. No one was saying thank you to me when I had abs. They weren't like, oh my gosh, I never even had abs, but like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your body. I know. I know. Like no one is being like, oh, I love you so much because your grades are good like no people are no, like I, they don't <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and i don't know like yeah but but still that was like so, like my whole life it was about like kind of standing out and and like fighting and defining myself through i don't know performance and achievements and now it's really this whole new path of who am I and who do I want to be? And I think for me, that started with that really like clear voice in my head saying like, heal yourself in order to heal others. So I can really like integrate that like HA healing journey into that framework of like healing myself in order to heal others. And yeah, I think it it really brings me back to this. I don't know. For me now, my identity is more that like, like, moment by moment unfolding something right and it's more a journey of discovery rather than like definition you know it's like, not yeah, you don't even need up. the answer like what exactly. if you just it's like i a, have no exactly. identity exactly it's <laughs> not it's not a top-down like defined yeah. thing i'm not a thing like i'm an i'm, yeah. I'm an unfolding process an ever-changing unfolding process and that is my identity and that is scary. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is where you truly lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing that we're truly able to say, like, you know, this is um, perpetual for me is like your values. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your values, yeah. your goals. You're like, I want to surf till I'm 90. I want longevity. Like I value yeah. these things. These are the yeah. things that I value. But me as a person, like y'all, y'all, this is complex. There's a lot of things I'm into. And for me, even like, you know, I tell this story that uh, I was once going to training with some, like a, um, a a friend who I was visiting, who was also a weightlifter. And on our way there, she was like, so like, what else do you like to do? And I didn't have an answer for her. It's just like, mm, just this, you know? And now I have so many things going on. Like I sometimes think I need to call them. 
Like I'm completely renovate my own house, just like in between meetings. <laughs> and, so um, and, you know, I do this for work, but sometimes I'm so distracted by like my renovation project or sometimes I get really into pickleball and like, that's all I want to do that week. And like, I'm kind of distracted from work or sometimes work's taking over. And so I don't even leave the house. And it's just like, every week is different. So there is no, and sometimes I'm like, no, imagine if you sat and focused and you were like, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to build this business and I'm going to put in everything like, ah, you know, I'm like, that could be my identity. And like, if I just did that one thing, I could be so good, but I'll also apply that to that. Like, right. Like, you know, if you just put everything into the house, like it could be so amazing. Or if you just put everything into your sport, you could, and it's like, I don't want to do that. I love be bopping around and doing whatever I freaking feel like. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. But that requires you to be in contact with your body and noticing what your body actually wants you to do. Right. And I think that is something that I start to like start to develop now more and more is to actually be in touch with myself. Something that I've kind of cut off. Although I was a dancer, I was obviously in contact with my body, but in a way that wasn't really about my my more like my my felt sense of my inner feelings um so yeah it's really about like noticing what is where do I feel aligned right also with your values what really resonates with me where do I feel like yes this is this you know where I feel a sense of expansion where aliveness coming through so sometimes I mm. experience myself as this like I don't know channel or like vessel where I just feel like something is like kind of like being expressed through me and then I feel like this is this is where I know I'm at the right place yeah. and this is something I, I have that when I'm surfing you know it's just like my I don't know just I don't know, this like unity with like nature and like your body on that surfboard or when I'm singing or when I'm doing therapy with people and I just feel like I have these I don't know like ideas just arising in that conversation mm -hmm. on on like what intervention to do or just like I don't know listening to a friend and and just being truly in the here and now and and um so yeah that is my unfolding identity this is great this has been a really wonderful conversation about you know having such deep-rooted shit and going in like reluctantly changing it with like fear and getting out on the other side and being like yeah I, I can see that this is worth pursuing and I know that this yeah. is like a long-term this is long-term what I want to do and I'm yeah and I'm happier like that's just like yeah. such a great that's what everyone wants it's not about it's not about the weight gain it's not about the baby it's about happiness right yeah and yeah. I think that that's great. And just like something that I've realized as a therapist, I think psychotherapy should like in like basically incorporate like looking at hormones much more mm. because I feel like we are always coming with that idea. Oh, it's probably something that happened in childhood and that's why the person is feeling anxious. But I know, for example, um, like my sleep, gets really like it, it it just depends really on on my cycle and i've had like 
a few weeks when I stopped taking my um, bioidentical hormones before I worked with Ashley. So before like I got my period back. Um, yeah, then, then I had a moment where I was having, I think, a lack of estrogen. And Oop, I lost Teresa for a sec, but then she came back and finished her thought. Okay. Um, yeah, so I had that gap where I was, um, yeah, stopping the bioidentical hormones and before working with Ashley. And in that time, like my, I had a lack of estrogen, I think, and like of everything, but mainly the lack of estrogen. Um, and I was lying awake at night and my heart was racing and I was sweating and I was like, it feels like I'm anxious, but I don't even know what I'm anxious about. And this is like, it was just physical, really. Um, so yeah, I just want therapy to include that knowledge much more, that it's not only psychological, but sometimes really hormonal. And symptoms of anxiety can really just come from hormones and not childhood trauma necessarily. Yeah. I like it, these things totally need to be looked at holistically. I absolutely agree that like therapy, um, psychotherapy, psychiatry, like all of it, wouldn't it be great if it holistically looked at the whole person's entire being and not just like the state of their kind of brain or their mind? Yeah, know, I mean, each looks at something different, but I'm like really passionate about having that more holistic approach. And I think like working with you guys just really added an important puzzle piece to my work as well. That is so cool. You should do the half. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it, but I'm doing too many trainings at the same I know, time. Yeah, for I know for sure. <laughs> oh, but I love that. Okay. Well, this is, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, Teresa. We appreciate yeah. you so much. Um, I feel like though you had like slight hesitation when I emailed you in in doing it. You were like, well, but I, this was perfect. Like you, yeah. I mean, I'm still on my way, but I'm super happy to to share my journey. I love it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, and we can't wait to catch up and see how everything's going and all of your surfing adventures. And oh, yes. I'm just so happy That's for good. you. Cool. <laughs> Well, you have a great day and I'll see all of you, you guys next week. Too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. 
So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of HA and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now, and the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day, and I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic, it's made from Australian beef, and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient 
rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.